Let's spread a song so you can sing along with a special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today are very special guests. I stalked them on TikTok, I'm not going to lie, and they are theater writers, composers who sometimes produce. It's Leo Photos and David Goss, everyone! Hello, thanks for having us, John. Yeah, we're glad to be here. This will be fun. And we're here, okay, so I'm not going to lie, this is like my first repeat Because I did the 2014 Annie a few episodes ago, but this time we're here to talk about the wonderful world of Disney version of Annie, um, which came out in November 7th, 1999. (laughs) That seems like a lifetime ago at this point. Honestly. Uh, It was written, this version was written by Irene, I did tell you I'm going to mess up last names, Irene Michi? I think that's what you pronounce uh music by charles strauss lyrics by martin sharnan directed by rob marshall which i read this was his first uh his directorial debut for disney oh he was a choreographer in the past but he this is his first time playing as director which cool that's (laughs) really cool especially since like I don't know. We had so many comments and watching it about like just the directing in general. So that's really interesting to know that this is his first, his first Disney. Okay, oh. cool. And also, it makes sense now in hindsight. I did not know that he was a choreographer, like first and foremost, and that makes so much sense with all the framing and everything. Oh. But we can get into that later. And the tray dancing. Anyway, keep going. Uh, and according to IMDb, if anyone doesn't know what Annie is at this point, read a book. Uh, a little orphan girl catches the attention of a kind man named Mr. Warbucks, lie by the way, uh, who wants to adopt her, but the cruel, strict orphanage owner has a scheme to keep Annie, an, a second lie, and her reward money. This wow, I have a lot of issues with that. Yeah, this isn't this isn't it. This isn't it. I, I don't know why IMDb is always wild and crazy when it comes to their little summary blurbs because it's like. It's like either very specific or just like broad or misinformation like this. Cause clearly it sounds like that was written in a different language and then translated to English. <laughs> it's close. It's close. But... It's close. I mean, they got the they got some things there, but you know, like she's an orphan girl and daddy warbucks and everything, but like, oh God, it's so wrong <laughs> on so many levels. So why did you guys pick this version of this movie? Um, why do we pick this version of this movie? Well, I think it all has to do with, with the Miss Hannigan. We were talking about this last night that like we love Carol Burnett, but the way that Kathy Bates approached Miss Hannigan kind of is what makes this movie and just the casting in general. I mean, this is also the version of Annie that you and I grew up with. Yeah. This was probably our first exposure to the show in and of itself. And so, you know, the emotional ties too to the 99 version, like when I see Annie in my head, I picture, you know, straight haired girl, not curly haired girl. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. So I literally just finished watching this <laughs> for, but right like seconds before we started. And 
while I was watching it, I was just like, I don't think this Hannigan is the villain that we know from like Carol Burnett and everything else. Like this totally. is a, I, I, at the beginning, I was like, the girls are the villains, <laughs> the, the orphans. In kind of like a weird way, like, but they are kids and they don't have, you know, parents. So it's like, you don't blame them for acting that way. It's just like such a bad situation. Like it's kind of just what it is. You're just watching just a situation where it's just a lose-lose. And you get these little inklings of love from Kathy Bates for these little girls where it's not just loathing. It's not just like abhorration. There's yeah. like, there are moments where you're like, oh, she actually does care about these girls in her weird way. Like they are all humans and not caricatures. Whereas the older version, the Carol Burnett version, they were all kind of caricatures. I mean, I also felt like the tone of this movie was all over the place. True. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. It's not just me. Because, like, you know, um, you have them acting like, you know, a Disney movie and also, like, stereotypical Broadway musical theater, but also, like, a little bit of realism happening where, mm-hmm. you know, you see Annie steal that air of corn and they talk about death and everything and you're just like what is going on <laughs> what am i watching well and there are some jokes that like like a little bit of the humor is dark and I, I don't know it just isn't what disney is now but it is totally what disney was in 1999 oh i see like yeah. oh i got I, I keep forgetting like this is around the time of like hunchback of notre dame where it was just a little darker it, it was the darker side of the renaissance mm-hmm. if you will why do you guys think though, like this move, Annie, the story of Annie gets uh, revived so many times? Because this is the second out of four movies. Because you have the Carol Burnett, Kathy Bates, uh, Cameron Diaz, and then the Live. The Live. I don't know. I know about the Live. That one just happened. It just happened. Oh my yeah. gosh! It just happened. Oh, with Harry yeah. Connick Jr. Oh, and Taraji P Hansen. We haven't watched that yet. No, we have not. Oh, and Taraji B. Henson. How was she? We didn't watch this one yet. I haven't watched it. I kind of refuse to watch the lives because they are awful, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think we're going to add anything to that. (laughs) We're just going to (laughs) not. You guys are taking the nice approach to this. Apparently, I'm the villain this episode. No, no. Well, we're your guests. We just want to be kind and polite. But I think to, to go back to why does Annie keep popping up? Yeah, um, yeah. Our opinion on that is like, there's Annie as a show is one of like the most technically brilliant pieces of musical theater that has ever been created where like, if you wanted to find a template to create a solid musical, go no further than Annie. And it's also a really fun way to showcase like a young starlet on the rise. And, you know, it's, has appeal that way where it's a family show it's about controversial things like economic values and adoption and other things and it just hits a lot of buttons i'm going to tangent off of what you said technically brilliant in terms of structure like it hits every beat exactly where it's supposed to hit every beat i mean we're not going to sit here and say that like it's better than Sondheim or it's better than you know but but it hits every beat in terms of the way that it is formatted uh right where it's supposed to so I don't really know the show that well of Annie. Did they like do the same as, oh, how do I want to word this? Uh, did this version, the Disney version, 
uh, musically do the same thing that they do on the for like the Broadway show, or did yeah. they like alter some of the songs? No, it's like the same thing. Um, there's a couple extra songs. Uh, like I think that the I, I don't know how they're not homeless. Maybe they are homeless folks on the street get a song um, just about how just about Roosevelt <laughs> and like there's other little songs that are in the Broadway show that they took out, um, but nothing crazy plot changing but like but like i i meant like um the melodies of the songs they didn't change or like even the musical underscoring music oh, yeah, underscoring. No, I, don't, I don't think so i think it's pretty i think it's pretty spot on and i and i haven't seen it on broadway but i've seen it on stage a couple times and i don't i i mean i didn't notice anything that was wildly different unless st- i'm totally wrong i still have the <laughs> Kuvane Wallace one where the recent the 2014 one where they updated the music I have that so- those songs playing in my head on repeat uh, 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 and I'm very upset about it because <laughs> they uh what what song is it I think I'm gonna like it here it's all auto-tune in that have you seen that movie that version I saw it in, I saw it in the theaters and I just I think I must have blocked it out because I don't remember too much of keep it, it that I'm, way it's not a huge uh, Jamie Foxx fan, and I'm also not a huge Cameron Diaz fan. I think they're both very talented. I'm just uh, I'm not I'm not their biggest fans, and and so having them together kind of turned me off from remembering too much of it. So I was a little confused about this too, because they say that Daddy Warbucks lives on Fifth Avenue, but like we're from New York, I've never seen a, a house like that. Is that true, or does he live upstate? What's going? What what's the, what's the what's the deal here? We could just write it off as like I don't know, 1933. Maybe it was different. Yeah, maybe knows? it was. I mean, I'm not a historian. I have no idea where on Fifth Avenue he lived. Fifth Avenue goes quite a long way. It does. Um, well, yes. and also like the exterior of the house, like when there was a gate, or not like there was the gates and there was the this, but then the inside was just massive. So I don't know where that was. Maybe it was. I don't know where it was. I, but, I, but they they didn't take a cab when they went to like Manhattan or or if they were already on Manhattan when they went to Broadway they never they didn't take a cab they walked remember they and walked so, and then they took the carriage home and they took the carriage home so they are carriage slash walking distance from from Forty Fifth Street but say. I would like to believe that the richest man in the world could do whatever he wants on Fifth Avenue and if he wants to waste a plot of land to have like a driveway. I'm, I'm going to suspend disbelief there. Because he's not even a millionaire in the 1930s. He is a billionaire in the 1930s. So that guy can do whatever he wants. I mean, he's... Which know. is a lot, because they they make point to emphasize the B on billionaire. Oh, yes. And you're like, 1930s, a billionaire? That's like a... Oh, God. A, a number I can't fathom right now in David's today's gonna society. Do the math. David's going to do the math because David's the math guy. Oh, I'm going to sit here and watch him and drink coffee because that's the me guy. No, you guys got to stall. <laughs> okay. Don't, well, don't ruin the magic We'll here. stall while David does the Oh, magic. we're vamping. We're vamping. Um, uh, let me get my, my, my twirlers out to start vamping or two something. Two bar repeat. Two bar repeat. And <laughs> uh, what is this? Oh, so $1 billion in 1933 would be about $22 billion today. Oh, oh yeah. So he's he, still a billionaire. Okay. He's doing okay. Yeah, he's so he's fine. so he's probably solidly not the richest man in the world today, but like top fifty for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, he's in that one percent. Okay, I think he has enough money to help uh, exactly one little orphan girl. <laughs> exactly, just <laughs> just one. Everybody else, no. Screw all those other ones. Which, 
By the way, did it feel like the number of other orphans fluctuated during this movie? It's like it's like they had. So you know how I mean, there's casts that have the whoa, casts that have their own cast system. I guess we could say whoa. Anyway, whoa. casts that have their own like tiers of like there's the you know the title leads, then there's the this, then that. And it's almost like they had their own levels within the orphans, where it was like there's twelve orphans, but five of them are the key orphans, then one of them is Annie. Can I? So on the Wikipedia page, can I read the breakdown of the orphans? <laughs> the, of, please do. So there are one, two, three, four, five. There are six of them listed, but I feel like in one scene, there's at least 20. Totally. I don't know. So we have um, Tessie, the orphan with mood swings. Tessie oh. goes from being happy one minute to worrisome the next. She is known for saying, oh my goodness. Um, then we have little Sarah Highland, in this movie playing molly the youngest of the orphans molly has a habit of wetting the bed and is prone to crying crying why why am i what's with my accent um and then we have Catherine kate the tomboyish mexican-american orphan who is friends with annie kate is shy yeah Uh, i think think that she was only shy because she had glasses (laughs) i feel like every kid who has glasses is playing shy but Lelaine, Lelaine was in Lizzie McGuire. I love Lelaine. Oh, really? Heck yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't really a big Disney kid while growing up, so I didn't know. The only one that I like, I saw Sarah Highland's name show up and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot she was a child. Because yeah, like, oh, she did this and then probably a few years later was Modern Family, right? Uh, Maybe like 10 years later. She must have been like five for this. She probably started Modern Family when she was like 15. Oh my goodness, child actors. Uh, Then there's July is the motherly orphan. July is the second oldest. She is 13. Pepper is the oldest orphan. Pepper is the boss. Pepper is bossy and thinks that she's too old to be adopted. Pepper is 14. And then there's Duffy, the African-American orphan with a talent for singing. Duffy dreams of being famous and is loud and confident. Now and she proves it in act yeah. two. Oh, totally. Oh, when she sings, you're, you're never fully dressed. I was in. Right. But the other the description of the other girls, I was just like, where was any of this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Pepper, you get a little bit of it, but like, I mean, well, maybe they maybe they just knew their backstories and went with it. Because Pepper is always Pepper, like always like that. It, oh. In any version, Pepper is always the one that is like. Um, a little too grounded, a little too much like, no, we're a little too negative Nancy. Totally. But the other girls, I was just like, shy? First of all, I didn't know the other ones had names besides Pepper and Molly. That is true. Those are the only ones that are very apparent in the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And, And something must have been cut that like gave a little bit more backstory for these other girls. Well, I mean, maybe they should start like a like an MCU, like Marvel Cinematic Universe of just Annie. And like we follow all the six orphans in their respective homes that they get adopted by because Roosevelt gets, got them all adopted. Um, is that your guys' next project? No, we don't have the rights to any of this. <laughs> I <laughs> no, mean, our, just our write it on... It's going to be called Tessie. Okay. <laughs> Tessie. That's Tessie. so funny. And it's just the same red, red and white letters. <laughs> <laughs> little orphan Tessie, and then we did little orphan Pepper, and then <laughs> because Pepper Molly. would be like old orphan Pepper. Oh my god, we should just cast like Sarah Highland as little orphan Molly, and but like what happened fifteen years later? Twenty years later, <laughs> really? Let's do it. Book it. 
Disney, call us. I have I have twenty dollars. I could be a backing producer for you. That's hey, good front money. We'll take it. That's great. Great. And then write the rest of it on spec, right? I was we're gonna write it on the twenty dollar bill that you give us. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel like they treated this movie. Where they're like, oh, a post-it? Great. This is the script. Goodbye. You know what? Like, their budget must have been up the wazoo because there's no way that they shot that on New York streets. Like, it was so controlled with the snow and the this and the that. They must have built, I mean, the sets that they built and found. Oh, I feel like you're just thinking of the weird police chase that happens, like, right off the bat. Like, the amount of different streets that they went down. How did they build all of that just for that street? Like, and how does that police officer live with himself that he let, you know, a child escape him? Oh, I tell you. And of anyway. course he was overweight. Like, yeah. they, they made the overweight cop chase the kid and that's what we watched. And it's like, oh, I, oh, <laughs> the and, stereotype. And the dog. That and police the- officer went on to become Paul Blart. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, keep, I, I hate that I keep bringing up the 2014 version of it, but there's a helicopter chase scene in that one. And oh, this yeah. one, all of a sudden, I was just like, we're in an action movie. Because even the music was like suspense, yeah. like yeah. car chasey. And I was just like, she's running the same 12 feet back and forth. Back and forth. And then, yeah, and then she hides and then runs the same 12 feet backwards. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, funny enough, in eighth grade, I played that cop. Did you? Mm-hmm, I did. Congrats. Wow. I had like four lines. It was fantastic. And then you were part of the ensemble, the wait, the wait staff ensemble? Uh, no, I was just still the cop. They just put him in in other scenes, I think. <laughs> I would just show up and be like, I'm still looking for that dog. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> that. <laughs> That's, that, is, that is truly amazing. Um, <laughs> can we talk about Easy Street? Because... Yeah, yeah. That was okay. So you talked earlier about like how um, Rob Marshall, being a choreographer, shot this beautifully. Like that, I I had to rewind it and rewatch it because that was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The choreography and the camera work and everything. Uh, and plus, you have Kathy Bates, Alan Cumming, and Christian Chenoweth in the same scene. What even? And that's, that's, that's what we come back to is that the writing can be the writing. We said this yesterday too. The writing can be the writing, but, uh, but like casting is almost everything. And they did, they did a really good job. It was a casting. stacked cast. Just stacked on stacked. And even like, so, okay, I'm going to admit this. I don't know if I actually admitted this on an earlier episode. I have a thing against child actors. I feel like they're, overacting sometimes but this this annie uh what's her name i, I want to give elise alicia alicia Mer- morton yeah. alicia morton i give her a ton of credit because like she did a great job totally and we were even saying her voice last night because some kids have that little kid vibrato that they do and it's tough and other kids are nasally and that's also tough and she was just like right on the money. Just has this gorgeous straight tone. Yeah. Like knows which notes are hers and knows which notes are not. Like just yeah. very, very well performed by just her. Just like knew her stuff. And and every, I mean, because like just every melody that's written for that character is just money. And she just had money note after money note. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, what a phenomenal casting job. Oh, on her, on 
the character of Annie and, and just everybody, basically. Just the it, whole cast. It's kind of upsetting because if you look at her IMDb, she's not, she didn't really do that much afterwards. Where I was, unless she went to theater, which probably, but I was like, I wanted to see more of this actress, of Molly, you know, like in yeah, future I wonder years. how she grew up. Like, I don't know, she's probably like 30 something now, right? Is that how that would work? What was she, like 10 then? Yeah, something like that. Um, Alicia, I said the wrong name, Alicia. I wanted to see more of Alicia. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder what she's doing. Does well, the, the last thing that she was credited for was being the singer for um, Tomorrow in Deadpool 2. <laughs> which but, is archival <laughs> i was gonna say that was still when she was 10 probably yeah it's from this version <laughs> but that that's the latest thing that she has and i was like thank god thank you that you picked this know, one I mean, maybe she's just collecting her check from this movie every time it plays on disney plus and that's a great life happily retired who knows Heck yeah alicia you're welcome for the 10 cents that each of us gave you <laughs> oh yeah it's probably less <laughs> Two pennies. (laughs) Uh, I also read on IMDb. Now, I always take IMDb with a grain of salt because you never know how truthful it is that Mm -hmm. Christian Chenoweth was up for the role of Annie in the original movie. Oh. Uh, But she couldn't take it because of her Southern accent. I cannot picture Christian Chenoweth as a child. I can kind of only picture her as a child. Isn't she still a child? I mean, yes, but like adult child. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like as like, I mean, like when I'm she just played Sally. What she is now, but just like you know, three foot two. Yeah, which is her current height. <laughs> well, I was gonna say four foot ten, but I'm like, nope, I gotta go lower. Before we recorded, y'all talked about how you cried during this. I'm heartless. I did it. So when did you cry? So, so is David. So he didn't, uh, but here I am. I cried four times. Okay. Um, and, and that is okay. We, I just want, I want to know like, what was the emotional responses that you had? Oh, I mean, I, I just love a, just a tight song and, and opening up the movie with maybe is just like stupid good. That song is like, it just, David said this this morning it just keeps on moving like it every time you get used to it it changes and you get used to it and it changes and then it changes keys and then it changes tempo and then it, it just keeps on moving and and then and then the other thing that we noticed right away like the first eight songs they do like 70 percent of the song then they stick in like a little musical interlude where there's some action or they stick in some dialogue and then they do the next 30% and you're just like, man, because every single time you're like, oh, that was only 70% of the song. I want a little bit more. And they wait and they wait and they just smack it with another chorus. Yeah, it's like, because uh, maybe begins as Annie, you know, consoling little Molly and singing it to her kind of as like this lullaby thing. And then once Molly softly and gently falls asleep, we have that soft little musical interlude and then the song turns into what it is which is you know to an extent like a pre I want song not really I want song but like establish who this character is like an I am song Mm -hmm. um and you know that's when Annie really like takes the stage and is like this is what I can do it's like they because some shows have an I am song and some shows have an I want song and they kind of like back to back do an I am song and then an I want song with maybe and then and then tomorrow, like I've never heard of an I am song. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? 
So, but then that song, so maybe, obviously maybe it was when I cried the first time. Um, cause I, I didn't cry in the opening credits. <laughs> or during the but, overture, the overture. No, the overture. <laughs> no, but it's so good though. Love a good overture. Oh, I do. Yeah. But, uh, but the song maybe is like, I don't know. It's, it's not even like a, it's like an original pop power ballad. Like it's kind of weird how it's set up. In this version, you mean? Oh, just in general, just the song oh, okay. in general. But but the way that they the way that she performed it in this version is killer. But we were we were joking this morning that 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 melody like slowly transitions into uh, "Just Give Me a Reason" by Pink. Like the da 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 bum is like "Just Give Me a Reason." Da, 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 da. Oh. It's, like, it's like that melody of just jumping back and forth between the intervals. It just works. It just works. And then now you, you can see that that pattern works because it worked when Pink put it on the radio. I mean, it, it's using that math works. And they do it literally the same math backwards for bum, 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 bum. And it works there too. Craziness. I didn't hear Pink in that. What I did hear though, in Something Was Missing, the Daddy Warbuck song, oh. I, <laughs> follow me on this journey. Yeah. Uh, it sounded similar to the road you didn't take from follies in my opinion mm, see we don't know that one i'll play it real quick Hi, I yeah i see what you mean it's in that same spot in your voice and it also like uh orchestrally is like very same the similar tonally yeah there's a lot of winds yeah so i don't know mm. who's still from whom <laughs> did uh, Sondheim steal from from uh charles strauss or did strauss steal from sondheim everybody stole from sondheim we do it all the time. <laughs> hey, and the first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but the other, what was I, I was going to say something else. Oh, that song is also like in the same vibe as, you know, the one from Beauty and the Beast, but only stage version where the beast is like, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what the words are. Oh, spirit, good, blah, blah. I don't know Did they the add that in the uh, remake movie? No, they didn't. And I was pooped because they changed it to a whole different song that just wasn't as good. But it's similar to the, like, the Broadway Beast song that is the only song that he sings. So uh, going back to emotions, I didn't cry. I usually cry at things. I cry at stupid things. And if you listen to uh, older episodes, I'll tell you, I tell you exactly when I cry. I did have a little emotional feelings when Audra sang Maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. A, Audra fucking McDonald. And yep. B, you get more of, the, of that um, emotional resp- response. No, what am I saying? I, I, words are really hard today, and I'm so sorry, everyone. But um, I, I think Audra was just like, you did a great job. This is the master class. <laughs> learn for your next project because uh-huh. oh, she's just great well i said last night when we when we rewatched this that the star of the movie is audra mcdonald's bottom lip now let's explain <laughs> she everyone has one way of feeling rhythm uh sometimes it's in your shoulders or in your nose or in your butt other people have different ways of like conveying emotion and she conveys emotion so well with her bottom lip, like either quivers or it tucks in or becomes square or, and it just sells yes. every single thing she says and sings her bottom lip sells it. 
Yes. Figure that one out. I, you know, I agree with you. Like in, in the uh, river, uh, when I talk about Riverdale, uh, Lily Reinhardt, who plays Betty Cooper, her, she always has like a tear in her tear duct, but never yep. releases it. It's it's the same thing where you're where you're it's totally it's always know. ready but it's not ne- it's not it's you know, never yeah. there and it's and it's a different but it's not the same emotion mm-hmm. the the tear duct <laughs> it's yeah. so wild I don't know how these women do it because like Audra McDonald like legend bow down mm-hmm. um I I love her and I don't think there was enough of her in this movie I'm gonna say that right now. Why did we save her till the end? You know, it's just like, yes, thank you for giving us that gift. But now the show is over and that's all I remember. And I honestly don't think there's any, I think there's actually even less of her in the stage version. Yeah, I don't that know. Character. Yeah, I mean, because like, I can't remember. you know, it's like we meet her in, like musically we meet her and I think I'm going to like it here, right? Where she oh, is, yeah. you know, just like, I don't know, the best babysitter ever. Dude, that's um, a pop. And, <laughs> and then she like largely disappears for like the most the middle part of the movie like musically no mm-hmm. she's in nyc which is oh, like the yeah. next song yeah <laughs> but she but again it's like she's she's boom i think i'm gonna like it here boom nyc and then we don't see her we don't see her we don't see her well i mean then, then, then she does book scenes she does yeah, book she scenes does book but scenes. not singing yeah and i'm good with that but like let her sing i don't know yeah there could be one more thing somewhere in there i don't know what that would be though how would well, you guys feel if in yet another remake of this movie she played Miss Hannigan? She could do it. I I I don't know if I Oh yeah, I'm not gonna Oh say yeah, 100% she could do it. I, but you know, I was just like I want to see her do little girls. You know, or Easy Street. Which she'll dominate Easy Street no matter oh, what. That, who, yeah, okay, I'm sold. Easy I mean, Street, yes, absolutely. But like but like what if what if you really flipped it on its head and didn't put it in the 1930s and she played Warbucks? I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take Audra in anything uh, at this rate. Let's just cast her as Annie and see what happens. <laughs> yes. Yes. Adult Ant for your next projects that you're doing the um the continuation of the Annie characters. But the ages are reversed. So every adult is played by a child and every child is played by an adult. That would be so bad. Oh my- books. <laughs> Baby Warbucks adopts an adult woman. Yeah, it's set canonically in the universe of Benjamin Button. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'll take it. Here's another twenty dollars for that. Good luck. Bizarre. That would just made forty bucks. <laughs> oh yeah, let's go. I am not a silent producer. I want full credit. Well, we have got it. it. Have it. Name above the title. Yes. Um, you guys are composers. Yes, you like mm-hmm. to. Yeah. What did you guys feel about the music? How did you, was there any like clunkers? Mm, nope. No. In this Honestly, version, like, in this like, specific version though, like is there no, any? My opinion is, and this, I, I'm doing this just to say something, but my opinion is that like the weakest song in this movie version is something was missing and something was missing is not a weak song at all. Dude, I love that song. I know. That's not weak at all. I know, but that was my opinion, is that one was the one that was the weakest because it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And like, maybe it's because it's like a different energy and I'm like, oh, I'm used to, I'm used to something else. But the only one that is, I, oh, how about this? They're all phenomenal. I, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fanny. 
Can we say that? Annie? <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. Oh, we'll oh. keep that. Um, so anyway, the, the only one that I'm like, uh, it's maybe not my favorite out of all of these is you're never fully dressed without a smile. And it's only because like. Which version? Just, what? Which version? Because oh, they are with, cute. With, yeah, with the kiddos. Because it's it's just kind of like, let's get six little girls and just have them scream on pitch which is okay like it, it is exactly what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. uh it's just not my favorite but it is still a hit but like i don't know musically that song is not weak oh it's phenomenal yeah and it's orchestrated phenomenally yeah i mean like the thing that i was surprised by because it had been probably 10 years since i had seen the movie until last night mm-hmm. is that um as the movie was going i was like oh yeah, and this is another good song. And this is another good song. And there was not a single like quote unquote skip song in the show where it's like, if I'm going to listen to these songs on my iPod, um, (laughs) I can put it on shuffle and just like trust it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. Um, Like even when Kathy Bates, not really known as a singer. Agree? Agree. Little Girls was phenomenal. And yeah. her her part in Easy Street also phenomenal. Because totally. you're like uh like you said earlier about how they would do like 70% and then a scene. Uh the ending of Little Girls was just amazing. And then her being drag carted off at the end there, I was just like, this is amazing. I <laughs> Yeah, why did they stick Kathy Bates on a dolly? I don't care. Like a big old Amazon package. Like, why did I, they do that? I, you know, this movie had, so, like, was all over the place. I was just like, yes, you just put, put, lock her away in the nut house on a dolly. Do it. I don't, I accept everything that you say, Disney. <laughs> Could you picture if every time someone got arrested, they put them on a dolly? Like, how humiliating. That would be so horrible just walking down the street, like, all of a sudden, some guy's being pushed by a police officer on a dolly. I mean, perhaps better than having to walk yourself you know it's a free ride <laughs> i guess i don't know that's just like so that's humiliating uh i don't know i think they did it more for like the cinematic language of it like the, the yeah. so this way it was like a cool way to like have her exit without like having her like shuffle backwards or something yeah just yeah, get her out of here like, get her out of here it, i mean it does work out perfectly with like you know the doors and she's like you know, girls, doors, bump. like it. And the, the framing of it too, where it's her and then Lily and Brewster like uh, behind her and everything. Like Rob Marshall did a really great job uh, oh, yeah. with this. I, I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he is a great director. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But Kathy Bates, uh, she sold it. Song, she did. And just that song, Little Girls has some phenomenal lyrics the fact that they rhymed the word pearl with girl in little girls and then they did it again later uh warbuck sings pearl with girl when he's like like the world was my oyster but where was the pearl i'm like oh man like they did it twice and it's not even like they're overusing that rhyme no because like how many words rhyme with girl not that many but they used them all basically and, and none of them seemed like a stretch so I'd like to amend something I said earlier. I was mistaken. I thought this was uh, Rob Marshall's Disney directorial debut. It was his directorial debut, period. Oh, you look period. at his, you look at his IMDb. This is his first credit as a director. He so then you were correct, but you were just not completely correct. Completely correct. Yes. Uh, he then did Chicago, which 
we all know and love. And then yeah. we, for, we, we like to forget about nine. Um, and then he did Into the Woods, which was another Disney property, Mary Poppins Returns. And then he's credited to do the Little Mermaid remake. Yeah, that's going to be a cool one. I'm interested by that. I'm intrigued. I am too. Like the cast is interesting. How do you, how do you guys? Okay, let's, 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 let's speculate a little bit about that. Like, welcome to podcasting. We like to bounce around. How do you, I'm a little intrigued by Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Oh, I like her. I don't know. I like her in her comedic sense. I don't know if she can be the Ursula that we grew up with. Like it's going to, obviously she's going to take a different approach to it, but like it's Ursula (laughs) for fuck's sake. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I trust her. I wouldn't worry. I'm going to be interested to see how it works because I know it will work, but I don't know how it will work. Like yeah. that, that's my opinion. Is like I have full faith that she is going to commit to that role, um, and that's really what that role needs to be able to translate is just yeah. someone to full send um, what that will actually look like and how it will feel. I have no idea but I'm excited. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if she can sing, so who knows, but. Because poor, poor, poor unfortunate, it, it's, so in- it's so fascinating that with Disney, the songs that the villains have, and like, I know Annie is technically not a Disney property, but Easy Street was like the, the song of Annie, but I'm sorry about Baby and Tomorrow and all that, but like, with this, especially with this version of it, you get, mm-hmm. you gotta give it to me, like. Oh yeah. Uh, and so that. Poor Unfortunate Souls is the the song of The Little Mermaid, if you really think about it, because everyone knows that one and that's the one that they all gravitate towards. And I just hope that she knocks it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, she's the only one in the cast who sings and is not a singer, I think. David Diggs is definitely a singer. Well, and... I don't know what they're going to do because they may throw in some songs from the musical because i'm not familiar with the musical i have not seen it on stage now i haven't seen it either but like i know king triton has a song like everyone has a song basically because they had a pad for time and and all that so yeah sometimes people just don't need songs (laughs) i don't know i I know that i definitely don't need to hear king triton sing unless it's a great song i don't know i've never heard it but who knows? They the, Disney might be listening, and they'll contact you guys to write a song for him, for Javier Bardem. Oh. Is he? Is that who's playing? Yes. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, can he sing? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, if they do reach out, maybe we will write. Something. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Uh, okay. So back to Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, did you guys know that that was Andrea McArdle as the the star to be? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, another another person who j- just has a great expressive face. Yeah, and I, I, I liked that they snuck her into the, like, they Easter egged her into the movie because, for those of you who don't know, Andrea McArdle played Annie originally. Like, the, she is the original Annie mm-hmm. uh, from Broadway. And so it was nice to see her, like, you know, be in, kind of revive... Uh, with Annie but not play Annie you know play a uh, uh, a different part 
if you will. You know, that yeah. We, we see that again later with like the Les Mis movie with like Colm popping up as the bishop, you know? Totally. So it's like, it's, it's a fun thing that, that they do. That's, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, when I was a kid, of course, I never got to see Annie on Broadway because I, I don't even think I was alive. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, but no, I had a copy of like the, you know how they sell like the big playbills that are like the, the the programs or whatever they yeah like the 12 by 20 ones or whatever yeah 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 and uh and i had a copy of that from the original or or one that just had a bunch of like it was just like an annie book that had a bunch of production stuff in it and uh oh yeah and i totally remember reading about her and seeing her face and yeah that's it's it's cool it's cool those little easter eggs uh i just i just wish that they somehow snuck in carol burnett you know yeah, how would they have? Who would she have played? I don't know, the carriage driver? The <laughs> what, one of the one of the the urchins, you know, when they're like uh no loitering and they say we're having a meeting. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. That would I that's the correct place to put her. Just for a line or two. Yeah, that would have been really good. That would have been fun. Yeah, I want I wonder. I wonder what they could maybe they tried and she wouldn't do it who knows yeah maybe Ooh, i didn't didn't see that on the imdb trivia so who knows if it's real <laughs> let us speculate yes speculation podcasting what it's all about uh i gotta say also i don't remember with um the orphanage that they were also like making dresses so they only, they only said that at the very beginning, though. Right. Did they ever bring that up again? She was like, you know, you have to make more dresses, and if they're not good enough, then you're not going to eat. Like, oof. But so I kind of felt like this uh, this version. I can't speak for any other versions, but at least this version, Disney was trying to like uh, not only put on a family friendly musical, but maybe teach people about the 1930s with like a lot of those kind of lines and some of the uh, blocking and movement that they do. Cause. Uh, well, it, that yeah. was definitely there stylistically with like the, sh- the framing of like choreography for sure, where it was like very embodying of like the, you know, dancing and mo- old time movies with like the Fred Astaire ilk of those shots. So, I mean, like, yeah. I do think that there was intent to, pay homage to the decade in whatever way um mm. whether the intent was to educate as well I, I i don't know i well i mean well of course i mean the show was written about the 1930s so lyrically like lyrically they're and and obviously like the director and whoever was working on this they probably switched around dialogue and whatnot from the broadway show but lyrically they didn't really change too much and lyrically it is so rooted in the 1930s so they probably just did everything else to match Oh, I I actually looked, I I re-looked it up because I I talked about like the Broadway version on the last time and I didn't really want to spend too much time talking about it this time around, but they did, this version did change the ending drastically. So like they cut out um, New Deal for Christmas, which I never heard that song before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also like, um, Lily is supposed to play the the fake mother. They gave it to Kathy Bates for whatever reason. I, I guess to give her say, more screen time. I do remember having yeah, Lily Saint Regis to play the mother. Yeah, well, I don't know why they did that. I feel like they took away yet beefed up a lot of 
characters in this version where like um they gave lily that scene with the girls which they clearly wrote for this movie um which was hilarious in my opinion yeah (laughs) them playing poker come on well it makes more sense why they because every writer wants to get the whole cast in the same room at, by the end of the show somehow. I mean, that's like the dream, as long as it makes sense with the story. And they made it make sense. I mean, the girls drag her there, and there you go. And also with Grace, you know, Audra's part. I feel like mm-hmm. they wrote more for her, but also took some stuff away. I don't, I don't, I, I, like I said, I don't know the stage version, but it felt like they definitely like gave some of these side character secondary i don't know what they are because they top bill a lot of these people and i don't think they are like the star of the show like it's supposed to be annie and warbucks are the leads mm-hmm. and maybe grace well and hannigan well hannigan is more than grace so she's probably i don't know like there's just a lot of people who have see that's what's tough the show is called annie so annie's gonna get more than everybody else and then it's kind of like annie because I wouldn't even put Warbucks up there, you know, because you can't say that Warbucks has more than Hannigan does because he doesn't, but he also kind of does. They're kind of, but, but you also can't bill it as like Annie Warbucks Hannigan because then it's like, well, what about, what Grace? about Grace? So it's just, it's like Annie, her name's on top and then it's like everybody, everybody else in a straight line. Well, it's Annie and then those three and then everyone else. And then everybody else, yeah. However, when you're selling the show or the movie, it's, those the adult characters are the ones that are always the named ones because it's like you know you have kathy bates victor garber archer mcdonald those are the ones that people are like oh i know these names i'm going to go see this they don't know who like every uh, um, uh, until quivanye wallace did it all of the annies have i think in my opinion have been like up and coming unknowns at the time yeah yeah that's well yeah because it's they're, I don't know. I, I, have they cast like a child star? No, they haven't really. Yeah, cool. Because they're few and far between that can like sing and act and and also are un, like known enough by age eleven. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's an easy role, is it? No, not really. No, you have to carry the whole show basically, and I think Annie is basically in every scene. If you, really it's a, think I mean, about it's it. tough. It's tough between like. A lot of music, a lot of dialogue. You got to work with a dog. All the costume changes, all the choreography. Like, that's a tough role for a kid. And what, like, Easy Street's your only break? Easy like- Street's your only break. <laughs> Quick, go pee. You got four minutes, you know? Like, that's it. But you have a costume change. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, but you have a costume change. Exactly. That's uh, tough. It's also, like, emotionally taxing. It's an emotional show. Yeah. I, I cried four times. Can we? Times I, I want to, speaking of, like, costumes, I want to talk about the red dress because like that's the staple in every production and every version of this you know because that's what annie is annie as the comic book is known for is Mm -hmm. her signature red dress i thoroughly loved this this version of it oh yeah oh Um, i agree yeah it's just iconic it but you like you can't do it without it it's like doing beauty and the beast and having Belle walk out in a blue dress and you're like you kidding me she's got to be wearing yellow well she does technically wear a blue dress oh you're right why i'll say green let's say green yeah 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 where's the blue in the beginning and then yeah so uh it looked fresh it didn't look like any other version we've Mm -hmm. seen before and i thoroughly enjoyed it now 
Um, that was again overshadowed by Audra McDonald's purple dress. Oh, for sure. I said the same thing last night. <laughs> yes. I literally said, what a dress. And then she walks out, Victor Garber goes, nice dress. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a nice dress. I mean, if you really look at uh, the, the cast list, Audra is third billing after Kathy Bates and Alan Cumming. So, <laughs> oh. wait, Alan Cummings is number one? No, yeah, Kathy no. is number. Kathy Bates is number one. I mean, I suppose Bates that makes one. sense given what Alan Cummings had done in the '90s. But like, uh, like the, for the role, it doesn't make sense. But it's interesting. So it the the top billing goes: Kathy Bates is one, Alan Cumming, Audra, Kristen, and then Victor Garber. And mm. then if you scroll down, Annie is like ooh, 12, 13. Alicia wow. Morton is yeah. Yeah, it was well, because if if you rewatch the opening, I think they give like an introducing. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Right before the actual thing starts, they do. Yeah, yeah, I I get it. Like, of course, she wouldn't be top billing because she's not the star name. And she's not going to directly sell the tickets. But no one's going to see the movie for her name. I guess that's interesting because like other shows uh, that are like titular character shows, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know any of them now off the top of my head. Well, Leo, your character is number six. He's sixth build. The B cop. The who? Oh yeah. Number six. Really? He's he's right after Victor Carver. (laughs) Where are you seeing his ranking on IMDb? On IMDb. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't trust them. I don't know. No, because what what IMDb does though is that they basically take from either the opening or ending credits, and then that's how it's listed. And I believe no this is how it is on the opening credits. Because has he gone and done stuff after that? Vic Pult. Oh, oh no! Don't make me say that. Polizos. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Polizos uh, played the police. <laughs> yes. Funny. Um, he was. He's just been a character actor. He's been in a bunch of things. He was in a couple episodes of Jericho, Boston Legal. He's played Uh, a lot of cops. Good for him. (laughs) Oh my gosh, wait, he was in Modern Family. Wait, that's hilarious that he was in Modern Family because so was Sarah Hyland. It's got to be so crazy being an actor and then like all of a sudden being in stuff 10 years later with another person, like with the same person again. And you're like, oh, you. You, you were that kid from that thing that I played that cop in. Yeah. yeah, he was in one episode of Modern Family as a plumber. <laughs> as a plumber. So he is just blue-collar actor. Yeah. Like, good. he plays the blue-collar characters. Good for Vic. Yes. Yes, and he has a movie, co- he has a short that recently came out, or is still coming out. I don't know. I don't understand IMDb anymore. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Let's do Sharp and Flat. Okay, great. Let's do it. Sharp. Flat. Uh, so in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. You guys get it? I'm funny. <laughs> totally. Uh, do you guys want to go, go first with your sharps? Or you want me to go first and you guys can have a minute to think? Yeah, we'll go first. Okay. Okay, sharps. David orchestrations so so sharp oh my gosh like 
perhaps the highlight of the whole thing totally. is just the orchestrations are a masterpiece. Wind parts up the wazoo. Phenomenal. Strings had it going on. Totally. Percussion when it needed. Yeah. Uh, choreography in, in um, I think I'm going to like it here. Sharp, 100%. The tray dancing. The oh, guys the dancing. dancing with the trays. And then the, the maids come in with the dusters. With the dusters, and then they're doing the towels, and then they're doing the carts, and the, oh, it's just, that's like an eight-minute number right there. That's awesome. <laughs> sharp, for sure. Um, it's another sharp. Oh, they cast a great dog. They did. Mm-hmm. They got the dog right. That was, cast- I did have some feels when I saw Sandy. I'm not going to lie. That's a cute dog. That's um, a cute dog because i've seen some bad sandys and that's a that's that was a good sandy i've seen and some human sandys too i gotta i gotta say too they did a good job mussing him up, him up you know making him look grungy and dirty mm-hmm. oh yeah got some cute <laughs> eyes on that dog but casting in general including the dog sharp um if i want to do a flat because i feel like we need to do something flat i have uh, we talked about too. it briefly earlier but like the weird police chase scene like Damn. they they mm. didn't commit hard enough in my opinion, like if you're gonna try to shoot it like a chase scene, don't like go 80% of the way there. Like I you, want like, yeah. I think you hit something right there when you said they didn't commit hard enough. Not just on that. I want to say on in general, because I wrote down as a flat, like the tone of the movie, where it was like, you need to commit to something. Like you can't have the squeaky clean Disney-ness musical theater with like, also some serious moments like or some jarring serious moments because like it just it just felt all over the place especially at the end where they're like your parents are dead and it's like what <laughs> there was a lot of tone shifting yeah and sometimes it was just like a quick tone shift for like one or two lines you're right and all of it didn't really match the fact that this is like great depression era and so like the i i just think that tonally like it was weird that um just like the juxtaposition between the orphans and like Hannigan and like how Warbucks is living like could have been more extreme mm-hmm. I, speaking of Warbucks though I think that another sharp was how he approached the character we just saw we just saw To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway and and I I think that Warbucks and Atticus Finch are similar in the way that they're written oh, um like Aaron Sorkin's as uh, Atticus Finch it's so interesting because the character is like not not really warm to to Annie but also not cold like it's just approached in a way of like I don't know what to do with you type of a thing which is why is sorry what I was gonna say speaking of tone I was yelling at this movie where he's like I love you Annie I went you know her for two days it's been two days yes that is one of the areas that did fall flat is just like it takes a lot of effort to suspend the disbelief with how quickly, not just like that relationship develops, but the entire plot develops very quickly. It does. Yeah. I and, and like in the stage version, Warbucks has a song called Why Should I Change a Thing? Which they took out from this in this movie. So um, it's like also with Warbucks in this version, you don't really have... There's no change, really, or drastic change, because he goes from being like warm to like like lukewarm to warm, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it's and then it's I don't know. It's kind of funny that he's like he just gets goofy in in uh, 
together at last where he's like i don't know he, he gets goofy like a goofy dad like he's doing like dad jokes 1930s dad jokes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I but i think that it's interesting that he totally could be played very cold and i think that victor garber just played him like i don't know what to do with a child which kind of works if you are trying to work towards i love this kid in 48 hours Mm. But like, just compare like side by side with the warmth that Audrey McDonald projected. Oh. Like, it's like you either need a larger contrast or you need to like have him closer to warm. 100%. So that's like a sharp and flat. That's a natural. Thank you. Oh, I do those. I have those two. Well, not on this episode, oh. but yes, yes, you get it. You get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down for, sh- I wrote down for sharps. Uh, a little more uh, visual ones where it's like the transition from the pillow fight to the New York, the snow and the New York city street. Oh uh, my goodness. Yes. I, or how I was just like, in. that's amazing. Totally. With the feathers and the snow or how we go inside the snow globe and then we're in New York. Like that's a cool one. And then we come out of the snow globe and we're asleep. Oh, and we're asleep. Yes. Yeah, so and she's sleeping with the snow globe. Oh, that's like a double sharp. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. The transitions are adorable. A du- a, oh, a double sharp. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's is that a nat- wait that's technically a natural yes if you're uh, musically well, depends on the key <laughs> uh, anyway. I, I also just wrote down in all caps audra mcdonald and her costumes correct um totally the the, the woman is amazing and always looks amazing it, like, like i'm she, tempted to go on a cruise this year just because she's gonna be there like, oh yeah she's doing the broadway cruise do it um uh I, but, I do not want to ever go on a cruise but for her i might neither do i and I, we just let's just hope that victor garber's not on the cruise because last time he was on a ship oh. he was in Titanic. and <laughs> and right, kathy anyway. bates and kathy bates oh wow i didn't even think about that <laughs> um i really like uh so i'm a sucker for a good tap dance number so i like the tap mm-hmm. dance break in new york city or nyc i should say yeah yeah um the introduction of Rooster and uh, uh, what's her name? Lily St. Regis. Lily St. Regis, yes. The hotel. Yeah. It was it was so campy. I wish that was like the tone of the rest of the movie where, you know, like they, um, a cart pulls away and they're just there looking like villains. <laughs> You're just like, okay, we're in. I'm in. They are so campy. But I, I do think that it's interesting that like Hannigan totally wasn't a villain villain she just Un- until she easy just street in, she was just in bad circumstances but rooster and lily st regis were villains so i'm gonna like, argue it was rooster was the villain and lily right. st regis and both and um miss hannigan were just suckered in i agree. so what so like so there's like the uh the sith lord and then kathy bates is like anakin skywalker turned darth vader yes. basically yes Precisely. Same, same with, uh, and Christian Chenoweth, I would say, is um, Adam Driver's character. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Ben. Ben Ke- Solo. Ben, ben Solo, Solo, yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. where he's like, where she's like, I want to be bad. I want to be included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm tr- I'm going to, I'm going to, hey, don't, don't, don't do things without me. I'm important. Hey. <laughs> Good soup. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also sharped uh, the the poker scene because it was hilarious and out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, as she owed him like four hundred and fifty bucks or something. That's funny. 
as well as Easy Street. Like, I, I can't stop. I, I will not stop talking about this version of Easy Street. It was yeah. amazing. It's great. Then they take the street. I mean, the the lyrics are just awesome in that song. Same with uh, NYC. Like, the lyrics are great in that song. And Little Girl, just the lyrics. Let's just, the lyrics, sharp. The lyrics of the whole movie are, are just sharp. spot on. Uh, and then for my flat besides the tone, I just wrote not enough Audra. I just want more Audra. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah. like, that's that's just like a thing. Like, I, everyone could use a little more Audra McDonald in their life. Disney do better. More Audra. <laughs> well, there should just be a show that she can be like in in. What, what, what is there? What Let's show write it. Because Disney's not, Disney's not going to do a Disney's ragtime rag for many reasons. And, but I don't know, like, what could she be in, in? Like, where she's like a lead, lead. Mm. For, but for Disney is what I'm saying. So are we, ta- are we talking about, like, when, how they're doing the live, the, the live action versions of Maybe. their properties? Yeah, I'd be interested. I don't know. What, what shows could she be in, in? The one that's coming to mind and it's a little blasphemous, even in my own brain. Mm. The Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella, because they did it with Whitney oh, yeah. back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So to have Audra play the fairy godmother again, like uh, play the fairy godmother in like a revival, but like- That would, that would be interesting. Did, was that, you know what? Was that Cinderella a part of the wonderful world of Disney on it ABC was. as well? Same with, same with Drew Carey's Geppetto. Like, they were just pumping them out. This is like the third or fourth Wonderful World of Disney movie I've TV movie I've done on this podcast because this is what uh, I saw on IMDb. This is season three, episode five, because they would do it like a TV series. But I feel I feel like they don't do this anymore, right? They don't do Wonderful World of Disney. No. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I want to see like what was. What was like the list of movies that they did? Oh, I just thought of the ones. I just thought of those. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at the '90s here. Um, it okay. there's a there's a lot because they it's it. Oh it my date with the president's daughter! You know my date with the president's daughter. I saw that movie on an airplane. Oh, that's a hit. Okay, yeah. anyway, that's a sharp of its own. <laughs> not the one that has like the song on oh, date with the president's daughter yeah my day with the president's daughter that oh, one yeah, yeah. Know, oh yeah. yeah with the guy who with the guy from uh even no not the guy from, with the guy from boy meets world with eric something something eric matthews oh yeah he got a date with the president's daughter oh it's great anyway i've heard of i've heard of this movie i've never yeah, seen yeah yeah no yeah it was great what uh, else is part of this? apparently their last one was once upon a mattress uh, oh. A TV version of that. Not with, with, who was in that one? Not with Carol Burnett. No, I don't know. <laughs> yes, with Carol Burnett and Tracy Ullman. Was, what? And awesome. Zoe De, and Zoe Deschanel, Dennis O'Hare, Matthew Morrison, um, and that's who I can recognize. Oh, uh, we got to go watch that. Oh, now our cool. week just got a lot busier. Yeah. <laughs> forget writing now we have to watch all these movies yeah maybe you guys will be inspired always or or we'll be distracted (laughs) one of the two both always both yeah honestly the Uh, only thing we like writing more than writing is procrastinating totally all day (sighs) isn't it great 
it's, it's the best, yeah. <laughs> which is why, you know, we're enjoying this. We could be writing right now, but instead we're having more fun. Yep. 100%. Hey, hey, you guys are talking about musicals. Who cares? Uh, you, you are working in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, educational. Yeah. We already made 40 bucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. Uh, I have to, hey, damn it. Uh, uh, would you add any of the songs from this movie version of Annie uh, to your life's playlist? And by that, I mean like, you know, you're walking around the city or you're driving somewhere. No visuals, basically. Oh yeah. Anytime I take the subway to go see a Broadway show, NYC, gotta mm-hmm. be playing. Like I, w- I would love that to be my transportation <laughs> music anytime I'm traveling t- into Manhattan. Mm. I could listen to uh, the song maybe on repeat. It's just it's just a brilliant song. Which which one though? All three of them or the first one? Oh, the first one. I wrote down "Little Girls." I it was amazing. Um, so this movie they did they had before before Easy Street there was a song called "Lullaby," which like bleeds into Easy Street. Yes, it's it's like in Les Mis, the movie version, when they had Valjean, they gave him that little, uh, how, how does it go? Like, like suddenly we're here, suddenly it starts, suddenly two hearts, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that moment we're in the carriage and we're singing to this small child. While she's like asleep. That's when he's life. like, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know that one? That's that. And I like that too. That's a good one. So I wrote down, I just wrote down both Lullaby and Easy Street because like, I feel like you need the transition into it. Oh, interesting. Because you know, I, I, like I said, I, fast, I rewound it just to rewatch it. And there is no like easy, <laughs> uh, easy way to get into Easy Street. Like you need, especially with, with this version, I mean. So like you need you need that song it's like 30 seconds so yeah that's one of those songs that like that's one of those transitions that as writers we would look at it and be like they cannot be those two cannot be back to back we need something in between like some buffer so it's interesting that they did put those back to back and then um the tomorrow reprise that audra sang Mm because that's what i need in my life forever and always (laughs) dude you are 100 spot on and with that, we're done with the episode, boys. We did it. We did. We talked about Annie. Yeah. Accomplished. Uh, is there anything y'all like to plug or promote? We have nothing coming out in April. We have uh, a show that we're working on right now that is a big Mardi Gras musical called San S A N, like San Francisco, San Diego, San. No. Um, it's about uh, San Nicholas, who was the king of Mardi Gras, his whole life story. And uh, we're going to be premiering at the New York Theater Festival in June with that show to sort of test it out. And then from there on, we don't exactly know what the steps are, but that's what we're working towards right now. Yeah, we're going to be at their spring slash summer fest in early June with yeah the true life story of the man who changed Mardi Gras forever. Yeah, it's a cool show. That's um, amazing. It's a fun one. So costumes, we were talking about it. We could go all day about this guy and his costumes. Um, That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And then what else can we plug? Uh, we, have a, we have a show on Spotify that you can listen to called True. Um, there's seven songs from that show that we wrote. True is spelled T-R-U. There's no E. Oh, yeah, there's no yeah. And uh, so you can listen to that on... Is it only on Spotify? Or can we... No, Spotify, like- Apple Music, Amazon Music. 
uh, YouTube music, whatever you want to listen to it on. Title. Does anybody use Title? It's on there. Can I buy it on app on iTunes? You can. Sure. Yeah. Can I give you guys two pennies as well? Not if you buy it on iTunes, it gives us more than two pennies. I think even (gasps) three. Yeah, that's like if you want to support us, buying it on iTunes is the way that gets us the highest percentage of the revenue. Yeah, and then you have it forever. Let's see. Oh, here it is, and it's a nice little light bulb. That's our light bulb. Is this a show? It's a show. Yeah, Yeah, it's a show that focuses on uh, kind of communicating what life can be like living with mental illness and like finding your community and choosing your not blood family. It's a really sweet show that um, touches on a lot of like important topics and it's uh, been praised by uh, numerous mental health organizations that have worked with us over the years working on that one. So we've had that show for a little over eight years now and it was... Uh, fully produced in 2019, right before the pandemic, like right before. Yeah, I was going to um, say on uh, year it says it was released uh, in 2021. So the EP was, yeah, that was yeah, our yeah, little yeah. pandemic project. Yes, it was. I just yeah. bought it, so you guys. Oh, thank you. oh wow! Thank you. Literally, see, little, yeah, focus, focus. Oh my focus. gosh! Boom! There it is. Well, Purchased. Like yes. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> enjoy yeah so we've, we've got true and then sand we're you know neck deep in and then we're also on tiktok so that's fun guys yeah, we gotta are... follow them follow these guys on tiktok they like to play little musical games it's so it's actually really fun i'm not gonna lie. <laughs> i i'm still fangirling about having you guys on uh as guests because because i was just like oh you know reach out and see what happens <laughs> too much yeah no we we discovered tiktok uh late in the game and now it's just something we we it's procrastination it's productive procrastination john i don't even know if it's productive no it's just procrastination no it is productive because you guys are using your brain you're right and like every so often we play a game of like try to write a song on the spot type of stuff and that's fun yeah just to really test and and we end up writing really goofy uh not technically brilliant stuff but it's you know fun and funny Mm mm-hmm because uh, uh the the game that you guys play is like a sort of word association with like the titles so um you you do what like five words three words and then one word oh yeah that's five three one yeah five three one we have like this random generator wheel that just has a bunch of musicals on it and uh yeah i have to describe a word with, or a musical with five words david just three words or back so, so we could play right now how, uh, john how would you describe annie the 1999 movie in five words and then we'll see if we can guess what musical it is. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Kathy Bates, Arja McDonald, awesome. <laughs> Great. Beautiful. Totally. Oh, I, nice. I was like, I was gonna be like red hair, not an orphan. <laughs> Mine would be yo, Audra McDonald's bottom lip. <laughs> David would be like Annie, 1999. <laughs> no, you can't. That would give up the game. I would probably say like orphan girl meets rich man. <laughs> Oh, that's exactly that's, what that's it says on IMDb anyway. There you go. <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> um, if you guys want to get in touch with the podcast and talk about how your love of Annie or anything else, uh, you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. Tell us why you love Audrey McDonald, because everyone should, or, you know, everyone does. And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Okay, so is it the sound of music or just sound of music? I never know what it is. Who's to say? Okay, great.
the sound, is sound of music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think it is I think it is the the sound of music. So the sound of music, you know, the 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 famous one with uh, Dame Julie. Andrews. Over our heads. Dame Julie Andrews. Oh, Julie. oh I, thought he's, I thought he said Dave Julie. I'm like, oh, oh no, Dave sorry. Julie. Let me let oh, me enunciate. Oh yeah, Dame so I just read her book Julie. and it's wonderful. I just read her book homework. It's very good. Oh, okay. It. That's another thing you're plugging. Great. <laughs> yeah, I'm plugging. I'm plugging Dame Julie Andrews' book. I am her publicist. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. Um, I'm going to give you an open invitation to come back anytime with anything. Hopefully it's a wild and crazy musical. Maybe, um, I don't know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, we're, we're 100% up for it. Yeah, thank you, John. This was, this was the highlight of my day and my day is far from over, but I know that this was the highlight. Uh, you guys need to go back to writing your musical, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be as fun as this. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, but you know what? Just like put an image of Audrey McDonald on your computer and you'll be like, inspiration. You're acting <laughs> like she's not already there. It's already my wallpaper, yeah. You know, I only see two walls in this Zoom call, so I don't know if it's on another wall or somewhere else <laughs> or the background of your phone. Who knows? <laughs> she's All right, well, she, oh, she is. Uh, bye for now, everyone. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.